Today on Restoration Family, I'm going to discuss what you can do with a family member that you want to help get into recovery for a substance use disorder or an addiction, and they don't want any help. There are a number of false belief systems about getting a loved one into recovery and treatment that are not true. They just seem to be passed down through the culture and society. One of the premises or false belief systems is that you have to wait for someone to hit rock bottom. Now, this certainly is not true, and there's a number of problems with that. Sometimes if people hit rock bottom, they might be dead. Another thing that might happen is they might end up going to jail or prison. They could have a disease. Maybe they could lose their career, their job, their family, and their children. So waiting for someone to hit rock bottom is just a bad idea. And it's shown that early intervention, just like with any disease, is the best practice and the best process to go ahead and develop and implement if you want to help somebody get into a healing and recovery program. A second belief system that you hear and see a lot in the recovery movement and family systems is that people have to really want this. They have to want to go into recovery. Now, that's not true either because when you look at the court-ordered programs such as drug court, that is not a I want you to want to do this program. It's basically do this program or else. Now, you could say, well, the person wants to do the treatment program because they prefer to do that than go to prison or jail. In many ways, there's still someone or something twisting their arm. And that's most often the case is that when people go into substance abuse, substance use disorders, addictions, there's usually something twisting their arm like a family member, a loved one, the court, could be their job, career, their boss, their family, their children. They're just uh, emotional state. They're, They're at the end of their rope. But people do not have to want the recovery process. They just have to do the recovery process. When people go into recovery, everything gets better. And there's a lot of clients I talk to about this situation, I'd said, you know, since you stopped drinking and doing drugs, did your health get better? And they'd say, yes, it did. I feel a lot better. Are you sleeping better? Yes. How about your relationship with your wife and children? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. How about your own self-esteem and your self-respect? I feel a lot better about myself. How about your job? Yes, that's better also. How about your finances? Yes. Another friend of mine stated that all of his legal problems went away as soon as he stopped drinking. Life begins to pay off and your decisions and choices about recovery really start to pay off and you can start to really begin to enjoy your family, your own sense of self, your self-respect, and just everything starts to get a lot, lot better when we go in recovery and we stop using and abusing drugs and alcohol. So those are two of the main belief systems that just mislead a lot of people. But one of the programs that is a really good program is the Craft Community Reinforcement Approach to Family Training. And I'm going to discuss that today 
because today in today's teaching and podcast of Restoration Family, we're going to talk about what you can do to help someone get into recovery when they don't want any help. Most often in the past, when a family wanted to get a loved one into a recovery program and into treatment, they used a lot of confrontation. And this was even defined and described as the Johnson intervention model that was developed by Vernon Johnson. And it involved a lot of confrontation and kind of in-your-face, hard type of belief system was that the person with the addiction is so caught up in denial and refusing to understand reality and truth that we have to break through that denial with heavy confrontation and then a real struggle to insist that the person get back into treatment and get into the recovery process. So when you look at this early intervention model called the Johnson intervention model, you see the family has to come at the loved one with a lot of confrontation, a lot of maybe stressful interactions to break through that extreme denial that's holding the person caught in the addiction. And certainly there is a great deal of denial and defense mechanism in the addictive process and in the life of an addicted person. But they found out through different studies of treatment plans and getting people into treatment and relapse prevention and the recovery steps that very often these techniques described as like motivational interviewing and particularly the craft approaches where you keep a good relationship with the person that you care about that's caught up in the addiction and then You can communicate with them better, reach out to them better. You don't even really have to keep bringing up drugs and alcohol because they're going to come up anyways. And when the person is ready or they've had a difficult scenario, they're a lot more open and willing to work with somebody that they still have a good relationship with. So we know that family and friends and even ministries are a very powerful healing and restoration factor for someone that's caught up in addiction. So some of the techniques that you see in the craft model, which once again is referred to as the community reinforcement approach to family training, is the family starts to no longer make excuses for the person or be drawn into codependent behaviors and also step in and try to cover over possibly the pain or the consequences of the addicted person's behavior. So say they don't show up for work because they got drunk the night before or they got high. We don't lie for them. We don't make up stories for them. We don't call the boss for them. The consequence of their behavior falls upon them. And a lot of families we see that continue to be part of of the pathological family system are drawn in to making excuses or maybe being codependent for someone with an addiction because they're really trying to control them to keep them safe and not get them let them get hurt any more than they already are they're trying to save face for the family and also hoping and praying that the person will get better but oftentimes if you allow the person with the addiction to actually experience pain and suffering, 
then it can really help them decide that they're ready to go into treatment. One of the metaphors or pictures in the Bible that I've seen the way people change their hearts is we hear in the Bible that it says God's loving kindness leads us to repentance. And so we see that love and kindness and acceptance can lead people to change their behavior and change their heart and their thinking. But also we see another way, if that doesn't work, then sometimes pain and suffering teaches people. And we see that in the image and the story and the parable of the prodigal son. He had to actually go live with the pigs for a while until it's described in the Bible. He actually came to his senses. And sometime, if you look in your life and my life, and a lot of times ask yourself, honestly, what did you learn the most from? What got you to change? Was it loving kindness from other people? Or did you start to experience some pain and suffering when you said, you know, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore? So that's a big part of the craft reinforcement system is where the natural consequences of behavior fall upon the person that did the behavior, not upon the family system itself that's trying to cover over or make amends or possibly even become codependent for the person with the addiction. Another technique that you see in the craft model is they want you to keep a good relationship with the person that has a drug and alcohol problem or an addiction. The family is very powerful and and you want to be able to reach out to them and communicate to them and still demonstrate that you love and care about them. You want the best for them. And the addiction process is is very tricky and it, it steals people's ability to reason correctly and think correctly and, and make good decisions because you have an addiction which becomes a primary drive and it takes over a person's rational thinking and their executive functioning as far as making good decisions because the addiction becomes a survival mechanism. But if you have a loving relationship with someone, you still have that trust and they feel safe and they feel that they can come to you in their time of need. So they found out through different types of solution-focused, strength-based therapy and motivational interviewing that working together as a team with the loved one is a much better approach than this confrontation. Another principle of the craft community reinforcement model is the family system is used a great deal to help the loved one get into treatment because the family knows everything about the loved one. They know how much they drink or use drugs. They know when they do it. They know people, places, and things. They know what their triggers are. They know what their emotional states are, if they get angry or how they get angry or how they use anger and resentment. They know their past wounds. And all of this information is really good to use to help someone heal. But what the family system sometimes does not know about the addict or the person with the addiction is how to get them into treatment. Keep a loving relationship with the individual and family member or friend or even yourself. And then you also let some of these natural consequences fall upon them. Then it will tend to start teaching them that maybe they just don't want to continue to live like this anymore. If their level of pain becomes greater than the level of payoff than they're getting from 
the addictive behavior, they're really going to start to consider going into treatment and getting out of this process. And you see this in the stages of change where there's pre-contemplation, where the person will say, you know, I really don't have a problem. And this is where they're in denial. They're just not being honest with themselves. And that's a huge part of going into recovery is telling the truth and being honest. The contemplation stage and the stages of change, the, the person starts to feel some of the events and consequences for their choices and behavior, and they start to say, gee, maybe I really do have a problem. So in motivational interviewing, if you're asking questions and having a good dialogue with somebody, you can start to bring up these discussions where the person starts to become to a realization, but you know, I, I think I really do have a problem. The next stage in the stages of change would include the preparation stage, and this would be where the person starts to listen and look for maybe a recovery meeting or go to a medical doctor or a counselor or a therapist and get a diagnosis and an assessment because they're starting to get involved in actually the recovery process and the treatment process because they've moved through pre-contemplation. I don't have a problem and the denial that lies in that stage into contemplation, they're starting to acknowledge and feel some of the pain and suffering that they've caused themselves and others. Then they're preparing to get to the action stage. In the action stage, they actually talk about there's a action or behavior door that the person actually walks through. And this might be the first time they drive into a parking lot and they walk into a church or an AA meeting or go to a therapist or counselor. A lot of the research shows that if someone goes to an AA meeting, it's good for someone else to go with them the first time. The reason it's good to go with someone the first time to an AA or NA meeting or even a recovery meeting uh, celebrate recovery, church, anything like that that will reach out and help the person start to heal and recover is there's a lot of fear going on in the individual and the loved ones. So some of the research has shown that if you go with a friend, then instead of driving into the parking lot, getting nervous, not knowing what to do and just turning their car around and leaving, they'll go in to the recovery meeting and actually enjoy it and start to learn something that's very beneficial that they can use to help themselves get into the healing and recovery process. So far with the loved one, you're, you're no longer making excuses for them. You're just being honest and you're keeping your communication open with them, sending messages of support and kindness and love to the person because your relationship with them comes first. It's way m more important than the addiction itself that's going to help turn people into selfish human beings that will do almost anything to keep doing their addictive behavior. But that's not who they really are. It's their addiction making a lot of these drives and decisions for the person. When you have good communication, the loved one will continue to confide with you the best that they can, and then you can leave that communication way open, talk to them, and then when they're ready to go to recovery, you encourage them and help them get there. Then also, the other thing that's happening is they're starting to feel some pain and some suffering for their decisions and their choices, 
and the pain of the addictive process is now starting to not help them enjoy or want to continue in the behavior. It's no longer being reinforced. Now the pain is starting to really, really teach them some good lessons. Another important factor with the craft program is the family members that get involved with craft, they start to feel a lot better because a lot of the family members have a lot of anxiety disorders. They have the codependency. They have a lot of depression and they have a high level of other types of stressful behaviors and financial issues. Once you get into the craft reinforcement family model, you start to feel a lot, lot better if you're working the program correctly because you're starting to understand that you're going to see some results if you start making some good decisions and follow best practices because this is really going to start to put the problem where it needs to be as far as with the loved one where they need to really get into treatment and you're going to try to set the stage for them with the best possible results to get them into restoration and a good treatment program. Continuing down the line of what works well with the craft approach is you're actually now discussing some good treatment options, some good treatment plans, maybe a diagnosis and assessment from a professional because many of the people that are not getting better and they keep struggling with drugs and alcohol and mental health disorders like anxiety disorders and PTSD and depression is they may have a dual diagnosis. So if you get them into treatment and also discuss maybe getting professional help like with a well-trained psychotherapist that's licensed, oftentimes licensed in both areas. They can be licensed mental health or marriage and family or social worker, but also licensed or certified as a professional addiction uh, counselor or therapist. Then you can cover both bases. Oftentimes you'll see people have repeated failures because they have a dual diagnosis and they're not addressing both of the problems that they're dealing with, which would be a mental health disorder and also a substance use disorder. And they're independent and they both exist simultaneously and you have to treat them both together. If you don't do that, most people don't get better, things get worse, and then the two different disorders are synergistic, so they drive each other and drive the loved one and the client into a a worse place because they develop more severity of signs and symptoms. So in ending with some of the good tools that we learn in the craft reinforcement model, the evidence shows that about 70% of the families who receive craft training are able to get their loved ones into treatment. Whereas oftentimes, if you're using these high confrontation models, most families will not go through with those models like the Johnson or referred to as the Vernon Johnson model because it involves so much confrontation. So the craft has a very good effective percentage of getting loved ones and family members into treatment. In summary, this approach is very effective. It's defined as a best practice as far as recovery and psychotherapists that deal with dual diagnoses, which would include the mental disorder and also the substance use disorder. So you have a much higher percentage of effective treatment and care with getting the loved one 
into the recovery process. Also, the family starts to heal and recover because it's not drawn into this constant battle and struggle, codependency, stress, depression, and anxiety because they've learned now to remove themselves from the consequences of the loved one's behavior and choices, and they're letting those events fall on the person so that they experience some pain, and then that increases their ability to want to change. It doesn't mean we stop loving them or we let them go into really high-risk scenarios where they could get hurt badly, but we are going to keep a healthy relationship with them, be honest, tell the truth, no longer be codependent, and then ask them to go into treatment when, when they are ready, not when we think they're ready. And then a lot of times you'll see that one of the paradoxes of addiction itself is the addiction is the very thing that will drive the loved one to their knees where they'll ask for help. And when they are ready for that, we want to be ready and have that good relationship where they know that we love and care about them and we want the best for them. So this is step one of what to do to help somebody get into a recovery process when they don't want any help. And I'll be coming up with some more podcasts and resources that you can use to help someone that you care about and love get into a recovery process. And in the show notes, I'll be listing some of the resources I think that are very beneficial. So I will see you later. I'd like you to learn the resources and the techniques and principles in this craft family recovery model and implement them and see if you can help your loved one get healed, restored, and get back on the path that God created them to live out in this life. Thank you and have a good day.